You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, I like to make this as interactive a show as possible, so I want to hear from you right now. 1-800-636-1067. Talking Washington Commanders here on The Fan. You can always tweet me throughout the show on social media, Twitter, or Instagram, at AWOD Radio. I truly believe this is going to be the craziest offseason in 20-plus years. Why is that? Because I think we're going to have a new owner before the start of the 2023 season. What's on your offense offseason wish list? I want to hear from you right now. 1-800-636-1067. But I'm going to get into what it would take for the commanders to be successful in their search for a new offensive coordinator. Washington fired... Offense coordinator Scott Turner just two days after the conclusion of the 2022 regular season. Really, in my opinion, Ron Rivera should have lost his job, right? His team was 1-4, started slow again for the third straight year, now three years with Rivera in the Rivera era, and he's been below 500, right? One playoff appearance, that was a fluke. We all know that. No momentum here moving forward with this team, right? You were 7-5, and five, you had every chance in the world to make the playoffs, and what happened? You couldn't get it done. And Rivera didn't even understand that his team was eliminated. So in order to save his job, he had Scott Turner fall on the sword. That's what I think happened. The writing was on the wall, though, for Scott Turner to really be fired. As soon as the Washington Post story came out late in the season that featured at least 10 team members of the Washington Commanders, players playing in the game, all right, not reporters, not got some guy on injured reserve. No, players that were unhappy with the offense. A lot of these players felt Turner would overthink things and had issues with the play calling. And I think the criticism of Turner was totally fair. When I was watching the games, I felt like I knew what the play was before it happened. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a run. Oh, it's play action. Oh, it's going to be a rollout to the left. Oh, Gibson's in. I bet they're going to hand him the ball. Brian Robinson, third and short. Yep, right up the middle. No chance of going around the outside. No trick plays. Nothing. Bland, vanilla, basic offense from Scott Turner. So the question is, who replaces him? 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Let me tell you my take. Ron Rivera needs to hire a former head coach as his offensive coordinator. I get it. I love the sexy up-and-coming name. Right, a wide receivers coach that everyone loves, a quarterback guru that needs an opportunity. But Ron Rivera needs to hire a former head coach as offense coordinator because he is desperate for help in the head coaching department. Honestly, I love the guy, the man, the leader, right? The culture guy, Ron Rivera. Great guy, but he's desperate for on-field coaching help. Anybody around the league that watches the commanders knows that. What are head coaching decisions he needs help with? Challenges, 
right? He doesn't understand the challenge system. How about the Eagles game earlier this season where they threw it deep and Devonta Smith had zero legs inbounds? You need two feet. He had none. And Washington didn't throw the flag. You kept it in your pocket, Ron Rivera. That was stupid. How about time management over and over again throughout this season? Oh, the commanders aren't going to call timeout? They're going to let the clock wind? Wait, we had a minute and 50 seconds to drive. Now we only have a minute and 11. Oh my God, now we're down to 26 seconds and we're at the 50-yard line. How did you botch this, Ron Rivera? I'm screaming that at my TV almost every weekend. And then, talent evaluating. Talent evaluating. Deciding to go back to the quarterback Carson Wentz? You, you don't know a thing about talent, Ron Rivera, if that was your decision. So, I do think Ron Rivera is a good culture guy, and the players love him. I mean, Jonathan Allen comes on the sports junkies all uh, once a week during the season, and it does seem like they'll run through a wall for a guy like Ron Rivera. All right, and, and really, he's wearing too many hats. This goes back to Dan Snyder giving him too much power. He is the reason we're called the commanders because of his love for the military. Hey, guys, like uh, commander-in-chief, he's wearing way too many hats in that building. That's why my take is that he needs to hire a former head coach as the OC to help him out in the head coaching department. Also, I think Washington is stupid if they fill this position before at least reaching out and trying to bring in Eric Bieniemy. Wait until the Chiefs are out, and then you have to at least ask to interview him. You have to. Please. That offense has been too damn good for too long for him to not get an opportunity. And I get it. Maybe he doesn't want a, a move sideways from OC to OC. But at least hear him out. Hear what he's got to say. Maybe you could move Ron Rivera to the front office. I would like him out the building and have Eric Bieniemy to be the head coach. What do you think? 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to the phone lines here. Looks like we've got John in Rockville. John, you're on the fan with Adam Epstein. Hey, um, I know you're talking all about getting a new OCA. That's absolutely dead on. And I think uh, it dovetails into what I'm going to say. I think San Francisco has proven that if you have a great OC, you can win, and you don't need the best quarterback. How many times we keep talking in D.C. about Taylor and he's not the guy and everything. We always talk about these quarterbacks. San Francisco is winning with the last pick in the draft. The last pick they are winning with Brock Purdy. You don't need to go and sell the farm for yet another quarterback search. I think we got two guys on there can play if you have like an Eric B. Enemy as an OC. And then you can spend all your time beefing up your offensive line. If I don't know how we cannot look past the fact that San Francisco has just proven once again you don't need to have the best quarterback in the NFL in order to win. That's a great point. And it's the guy that we had in our building in Kyle Shanahan and we let him go. He has really proved that you can win with any quarterback in the league in San Francisco. That offense is so dynamic. Yes, they have the weapons, probably more weapons than Washington, but it's the play calling that makes them so good. And so that's why it does frustrate me that Ron Rivera is coming out and saying, we want a guy that likes to run the ball. Well, Kyle Shanahan knows how to pass the ball. What are we doing? It's like we're living 20 years ago. You know what I mean, man? Absolutely. You You nailed it. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the call, John. Phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. Do you agree with me? In the offensive coaching search, the offense coordinator search, we have to hire somebody with head coach experience. <laughs> That's what Ron Rivera lacks. <laughs> I mean, he really does. So, Washington interviewed Pat Shermer on January 17th. 
two-time former NFL head coach, uh, was the first known interview, and some consider him to be the favorite due to his longstanding connection to head coach Ron Rivera. I like that. I like that. Two-time former head coach. Commander's quarterback coach Ken Zampezi. Well, if you're listening to overtime during the week, I love Linnell Willingham. I hate his take that Ken Zampezi is the right guy for the job. I understand what he's saying, and it makes a lot of great sense because you look at the Eagles, right? Jalen Hurts finally playing with the same offense coordinator for two years in a row, first time since high school. And a lot of that has to do with his maturation process and the quarterback that he's become in Philadelphia. But I don't think Ken Zampezi is that much of a quarterback guru that he's going to turn Sam Howell into some star. I think that would be Ron Rivera just taking the easy way out. Oh, yeah, we interviewed a bunch of guys, but we decided we're going to stick with our scheme and hire from within. No! You told everyone immediately after you fired Scott Turner, the initial reports were you were going to hire from without, from outside, not from within. Don't just say, oh, we did a couple interviews and we're going to try to go from the guy that's in our house. No! Sam PC's already been a coordinator once, and it went terribly. How about the Falcons coach? Quarterback coach Charles London. He was interviewed January 19th. The current quarterback's coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And here's why a lot of people like him. The intrigue is that he comes from one of the most successful running games with Atlanta. I get that. I want us to have a good running game. But like I said, I think we need an offensive mind who's going to go out there and use the three weapons that we have at wide receiver. We got a few weapons at, at at running back, and I love Brian Robinson Jr. I told you guys he's my breakout player of the year. But our strength of the offense is the wide receivers. You have to bring in an offensive coordinator that's going to scheme them open, and not a guy that's going to run, 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 run. I, I can't believe Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew think that in 2023 you're actually going to make some noise and, and get above 500, which he hasn't been able to do with a team that runs twice to every throw. Where are you getting that from? You got uh, Dolphins running back coach, associate head coach Eric Stutzville. His NFL coaching career began in 1997 with the Chicago Bears. Rivera's coaching career began in 1997 with the Chicago Bears. So there's that connection. Aside from that, I don't want the Dolphins running backs coach. How about Rams tight ends coach and assistant head coach Thomas Brown? Apparently he's a fast riser in the coaching ranks. He should land an offensive coordinator position Sooner than later. It kind of feels like to me we're saying, oh yeah, Sean McVay's got this great guy. Let's take him because we couldn't get Sean McVay. No, Sean McVay was the answer. You let him out the door too. Kevin O'Connell. Every single guy that was good and a good offensive mind that it's left here has been successful. It's infuriating. Who you got? 1-800-636-1067. Who do you want to be the next OC? Let's go to Dave and Stafford. Dave, you're on the fan with Adam Epstein. What's up, Dave? Hey, Adam, how's it going this morning? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, I mean, there's a common denominator here. Obviously, it's it's the owner. Um, it's the system. And so we have pipe dreams about Kansas City coaches coming over. But why would you want to leave a team that gets to the uh, Super Bowl almost every other year and also gets to the uh, division championship every year? So why would you want to go to Washington when you could stay somewhere that you could win? Here's Here's what I'll say to that. 
Peter King calls the AFC Championship the Andy Reid Invitational. He's always going to be known for being under Andy Reid. you got to get out of Andy Reid's umbrella if you want some actual notoriety in the NFL. That's one reason I I could see him maybe leaving. The other thing is you give him a boatload of money. You give him a raise. All right, he dropped off. If you want to chime in, 1-800-636-1067, 1-800-636-1067. 49ers assistant head coach and running back coach Anthony Lynn. I think Lynn's an intriguing name. Former NFL player who was head coach of the Chargers for four seasons. He's got offensive coordinator experience, but more importantly, head coaching experience. Problem with Anthony Lynn, I didn't think he was a great head coach. And I think he was holding the Chargers back as you've seen what they've been able to do without him with new head coach Brandon Staley. Jim Caldwell was one of the first rumored candidates, but he quietly told Rivera, I'm not interested in this crap. I've already been a well-respected head coach in the NFL. How about Greg Roman? Washington supposedly hasn't even reached out. I think they should be having him in as consideration. Look at the way the Ravens' offense has been. Now I get it. Lamar Jackson's once in a generation, and we don't have that. And I, I'm still, you know, it's still a pipe dream of mine that maybe he would leave Baltimore and come to Washington. But I think you have to bring him in for an interview and see what his thought is on our roster. I, I just think it's such a cop-out if Ron Rivera goes from saying we're going to hire a guy from the outside to hiring someone from within. I am completely against Kenny Zampezi to get the job. If you want to chime in, 1-800-636-1067. It's AWOD Radio here on DC Sports Radio, 1067 The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to DC Sports Radio 106.7 The Fan. You'll hear from former 49er safety Dante Whitner. Dante Hitner is going to join the show in just about 15 minutes, and then we'll get the Kansas City perspective from Soren Petro before making our official predictions for Championship Sunday. But right now we're talking about the offensive coordinator search for the Washington Commanders. I told you guys, Ron's desperate, in my opinion, to hire an offense coordinator with head coaching experience. He needs help in that department. From time management to challenge calls to evaluating talent. You know, he, he's a rah-rah guy. He can, he can get the guys fired up. They'll run through a wall for him. Why? Because they watched this man beat cancer right in front of their face. It's an awesome story. But on the field, I don't like his decision-making. So that's why I think the offense coordinator needs to be a guy... Rather than an up-and-comer guy, it's got to be a guy with some head coaching experience. You can always tweet me throughout the show, at AWOD Radio. Rob tweets me, fire Ron, hire Bienemy. Wouldn't we all love that? Tony says, the new owner will fire Ron Rivera and then trade two first-round picks for Sean Payton. (laughs) You know what? That sounds like a pretty good idea, except for I would hate to trade two first-round picks. And, of course, we need a new owner to happen uh, before the NFL draft, I do have March 26th so curled on my calendar as hopefully the last day of the Dan Snyder error, era of him being in charge of Washington. It truly has been an error. 25 years of terrible football. Turn this fan base on its head. If you're a kid right now, I, I don't know why you would root for this team. So many better 
franchises, including one in Baltimore that has a lot more success. Uh, Kevin tweets me, he needs to hire Pep Hamilton as the offense coordinator. He coached Andrew Luck, and he was the head coach of the D- D.C. Defenders. I remember that. And uh, Audie Field was packed for the D.C. Defenders. We loved that team. Uh, P from Charlotte says, Dave Canales, quarterback coach from Seattle. I haven't heard about him. Uh, thanks for tweeting me that. AC tweets me, uh, bad, he would lose the locker room. Uh, he's responding to Rob. Kelsey says, who would make that call? Ownership is too much of a, in a flux right now. Yeah, I do agree. The ownership situation is the biggest issue, and that's why I, I would hate to say it, but I think Ron Rivera is going to do what's going to piss me off, and which is hire from within with Ken Zampisi. You know, it, it's been a struggle for them to even get people to interview. That's why they're telling everyone that we're giving quarterback one to Sam Howell, right? It makes the job uh, sexier because then you could say, oh, yeah, I figured out how to make Sam Howell good and Washington was good. Or if he fails, you say, yeah, it wasn't my quarterback choice. Let's go to the phone lines, 1-800-636-1067. Who you got? Who do you want to be the commander's next offensive coordinator? Let's go to Donald in Germantown. Donald, you're on the fan. Hey, Adam. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I want to give you credit because you, you said a few things and nobody else when I listen to the show during the week says anything at all, hardly. But Rivera <laughs> is a problem itself. You can't run this team and go for it on fourth and one on your own 25-30. You give up three games. You, it's a field goal or a touchdown every time you do this. He can keep with Riverboat, Ron. Keep the name. It's not going to help their skins one bit. Next year, this time, we'll be talking the same thing. The next five years, we'll be talking the same thing as long as he's there. We're not going to win with this guy. We need somebody else. We need Heineke to stay there. You can't give up Deron Payne for trades or out. You just can't do that. We get one thing right, we can't get the other thing right. But thanks for telling it like it is. I appreciate that, Donald. So it feels like your opinion is that Ron Rivera is going to be gone next year, so might as well just get whatever the cheapest OC is and then completely blow out the whole staff. Get rid of Ron. Get rid of Jack Del Rio. Get rid of Ken Zampezi. Get rid of whoever you have as the special teams coordinator and have a new owner bring in a new entire group uh, there with head coach. We'd love for a new stadium. We'd love for you know a sexy new quarterback. You know, There's a ton of things on the wish list and I get his take there that Ron Fair's just not the guy to lead this team to success what do you think let's go to Scott in Silver Spring Scott you're on the fan with Adam Epstein hey Adam how you doing brother uh, good man what's your thoughts first first person has to go to dance not until he goes nothing's going to change but um, I, I know I know OC positions are you know desirable I mean there's only 32 of them so I say what I'm about to say just because of our situation I don't think it's so much about who we want. I think it's going to be who's willing to come here. And uh, because, I mean, Ron and Martin Mayhew have already said we're going to be a Ron first team. So they're dictating uh, how the offensive coordinator is going to operate. And then more than likely you're only going to have the job for one year because if new ownership comes in, he's probably going to clean house, he or she. So that, that's just my take on it. Yeah, no, no, you're right, and, and you're not alone with that. You know, you had Albert Breer, NFL reporter, say that he's heard from many around the league that they feel like taking the commander's offensive coordinator position could be basically career suicide, 
right? Because you might be taking a job, and then you're completely wiped out next year, no matter how much success you have because a new owner comes in here, and he says, I want guys. You know, what do we do if we hire a new offensive coordinator and the team is, you know, 9-8, and eight, sneaks into the playoffs, and then Bezos, like my, one of my tweeters said, throws two first-round picks after Sean Payton. And then Sean Payton brings in Taysom Hill, and he brings in whatever offensive coordinator he wants and his defensive coordinator, and then we hire this great up-and-coming guy, and he's out of a job again. I think a lot of people are thinking that. I think a lot of people, like um, another caller said, look at Dan Snyder and say, until his stench is gone, and I mean completely gone, I don't want to work for this organization. Right, And I talked about it on my show in Richmond, which you can hear 12 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday on the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app for free today and search 910 The Fan to hear AWOD radio. And the big take was that, you know, Dan Snyder wants to hold on to this franchise. Maybe he doesn't sell the whole thing. Maybe he sells a majority stake and he holds on to 1% or 2% so that he can pass it on to his kids. And a lot of people said, yeah, that's fine with me as long as it's less than 50%. That's not fine with me at all. I want Dan Snyder gone for good. I want him overseas. I want him across the pond living in London, England, and having nothing to do with Washington and this franchise. He's ruined the team that I love more than anything. I bleed burgundy and gold, and I can't stand Dan Snyder more than anything on this planet. And so you ask me, do I want Dan Snyder to sell the franchise every last drop of it? Every cent. I don't want him to have anything to do with this team even if he could be voted out by majority owners. No, he's got to completely sell the franchise for us to ever, ever be relevant again. And so although I have this conversation here about the offensive coordinator and who Ron Rivera will hire, I do agree with most of my callers out there. I am with you. Dan Snyder has ruined this franchise, and no matter how good the product is on the field, it will never be a a true national you know, Super Bowl contender like it was in the early 90s until he is... Gone, because every decision he makes stinks, including still having Johnny Rocket at the stadium. Nobody likes Johnny Rocket. Their burgers are overrated. The chicken tenders stink. They're way too fried, and you only get three of them and about ten fries for like twenty bucks. Hate FedEx Field. That's you've done that, Dan Snyder. You've done that. I appreciate everybody listening to AWOD Radio today. You can get in touch with me throughout the show on social media at AWOD Radio, or you can call us. 1-800-636-1067. We'll talk 49ers and break down their matchup with the Eagles with Dante Whitner next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on DC Sports Radio 1067 The Fan. You can hear me Saturday mornings from 9 to noon before I hand it off to Denton Day. We'll have you covered today from 12 to 3 p.m. It is championship weekend in the NFL, and we've already discussed the Philadelphia Eagles with Chris McPherson. I had a great conversation about the Bengals with Tyler Dragon. Well, now it's time to bring in longtime NFL veteran, former 49er Dante Whitner. Dante, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Dante Whitner joins us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Do not place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Before you bet for championship 
Sunday. Make sure to get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. And on the GuestQL guest hotline right now is Dante Whitner. How pumped are you for Championship Sunday? Man, I'm very pumped. I wish I could strap it on and play again, but I can't. (laughs) But uh, I think the 49ers, they'll go out there and handle it for me. Absolutely. So I, I had you on my show in Richmond the other day, and I love your response to this question here. If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, you've already said you believe he could be the next Tom Brady. That's big words, man. Yeah, it's big words, but I, I feel like he can fill those big shoes. And I say that because of the, the way that the system is set up around him, the culture of the 49ers. And then when you have a kid that comes from college and he has 46 starts, He's drafted Mr. Irrelevant. You have to know that he has that chip on his shoulder. And I think that in the past six and a half games, he's shown that he has the qualities, the capabilities, the calmness, the cool in the pocket. He has that chip on his shoulder. And you can see him actually utilize that and propel this 49ers offense to the next level. Remember when Tom Brady took over, nobody had expectations of him. He was taken over for... Drew Bledsoe, the first pretty much $100 million contract in the NFL. And I feel like Brock Purdy has to deal with those same type of issues. He has a number three pick. They gave up a lot of draft capital to get Trey Lance. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. He makes $100 million. But then the best quarterback on the roster is Brock Purdy. If he can propel the 49ers to the Super Bowl and win it, I believe over the next decade, you can compile maybe two, three Super Bowls together, pretty much develop his own dynasty, and that's why I say Brock Purdy can be and really is the next Tom Brady. Look, there's no doubt it's the coolest story in the NFL, from Mr. Irrelevant to getting to a conference championship game. If he does win the Super Bowl, uh, I heard Lurch talking about this on the Sports Junkies, it is going to be a movie. It could be a Disney Channel original movie. I mean, he's going to make a ton of money outside of – and the NFL, just because his story is so cool. It could be a book as well. I'm interested what you think Kyle Shanahan's game plan would be for this game. Will he try to replicate well, the commander's blueprint on how they defeated the Eagles, where they ran 49 times compared to just 29 passes? Or will Kyle Shanahan try to do it his way? What's his game plan? Well, the formula for the 49ers over the last five years has been to control the game on the ground, on the offensive side. And whenever the 49ers can get 40 35, 40 rushes, they usually win those games. And when you look at the way the Philadelphia Eagles has performed all year versus the run, they've had games where they just looked plain out pitiful. And when you go back to the Pittsburgh game, 150 yards given up on the ground. Houston, Texas, 170 yards given up on the ground. Washington Redskins, the second game around, 150. And then to the Chicago Bears, they surrendered 160 yards on the ground. I don't think there's anybody here that can look me dead in the face and say, any of those teams that I mentioned, they have better offensive line and better skill position players in the backfield and a better offensive coordinator that likes to utilize motion, shifts, and a diversity in the run game. So when I look at this game, I think that it'll it'll be primarily the 49ers' offensive line and skill position players Kyle Shanahan's play calling versus the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line and vaunted defense. And when I look at that, if the 49ers can get the ball early and they can utilize Christian McCaffrey, if they can get this defense running side to side, I think it'll be a long day for the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles defense. 
here with Dante Whitner. Dante Hitner, 31. Follow him on social media at Dante Whitner, longtime NFL vet, three-time Pro Bowl safety here on the BetQL guest hotline. How would you compare the two defenses? Who has the better defensive line between San Francisco and the Philadelphia Eagles? I can't give a nod to either. But I think that naturally people would say the Philadelphia Eagles since they have 70 sacks. But when you look at the way that Bosa, Ebucom, and Eric Armstead and these guys play, it's complimentary. But I think they're going to need their best game this week. Jalen Hurts is truly a, a, a dynamic quarterback, and he's different from other quarterbacks in the aspect of as soon as you open up those interior gaps he's taken off, He's becoming a running back in the open field. And his second, his second option is to try to create explosives. For the Philadelphia Eagles, their defensive line is just, hey, we're going to get after the quarterback. And they've had that luxury because they've built so many early leads on teams. Yeah, yeah. Two, three touchdowns to where first, second, third down is first, second, third down and pass. Right? There's really no threat of the run. And if it is, they can recover from it. So I think if you keep them off balance, you can really attack them. Same with the 49ers. So I'm going to have to say even. I'm going to have to say even with the defensive line play from both teams. Now, Dante, I'm sure in your long NFL career, you've played injured before. I think if Christian McCaffrey has like a vintage McCaffrey performance, running for 75-plus yards, catching passes, he'll be the 49ers' key piece to victory, in my opinion. What do you think? Christian McCaffrey slightly hobbled. Does that affect him on Sunday? I don't know if he's slightly hobbled. A lot of times when you get those injury reports from teams early in the week, they're either trying to hide something, they're resting guys, or it could be potentially serious. I think that Christian McCaffrey, being the way that he runs the ball, being that they use him so much, he's going to get dinged up here and there. But I don't know if you have to worry about an injured Christian McCaffrey. I think he'll be as close to 100% as he's been all year. And he even came out and said it. There's 0% chance that he's going to win this game. So I hope the Philadelphia Eagles defense isn't um, – really banking on that, on a Christian McCaffrey being hobbled, because I expect him to be as close to 100% as possible and to give his full effort. Dante Whitner here on the BetQL guest hotline. Last question I have for you here is, it's a funny one, all right? What, what do you think Kyle Shanahan will be up at night thinking about? Like, what's keeping him up all night rolling and tossing and turning in, in bed about this Philadelphia Eagles team? Is it Jalen Hurts scrambling? Is it Dallas Goddard? Is it the two wide receiver weapons? What do you think it is? I don't think there's anything that's actually keeping Kyle Shanahan up. And when you look at the way that he utilizes his offense with pretty much 70% motion shifts, different personnel groupings, to really affect the defense, I don't know if he really has to stay up and really, you know, dread playing in this game. The Philadelphia Eagles play a lot of man-to-man coverage. And with these motions and shifts, one guy can change seven to eight guys' responsibilities on the defensive side of the ball. So if you're playing a team that's outside of the conference, you don't know their statistics, their data, the players really aren't in tune with what they like to do, it can create some issues. Guys' eyes can be caught in the wrong place, and it can, it can create some easy throws with the play-action game, the RPO game, movements, half rows from the quarterback position. So I don't know if he's actually staying up and really dreading playing against his defense. I think that he wants to go out there and show that he's a top offensive coordinator in the NFL versus the top 
one of the top defenses in the NFL. And he's going to go out there and try to expose them in any way possible. So I think that Jim, with, with, with Kyle Shanahan, this is his third NFC championship in yeah. five years with the 49ers. I think that he's comfortable being in that position, and I think you're going to see his best play-calling game this weekend. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's going to be a legacy game for him, and the shifts and the motions are a big part of the success for the offense. That was a great point. Dante, thanks so much for taking the time to join the show today and enjoy the game on Sunday. Thank you guys for having me. Hopefully we can be back on next week after the 49ers win as they get ready for the Super Bowl. All right, man, that sounds good. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on DC Sports Radio, 106.7 The Fan. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Appreciate everybody listening to the show today. Thanks for calling me. Love when I can take a lot of phone calls throughout the show. You can always get in touch with me at AWOD Radio on social media. And if you're enjoying the show, well, pr- please subscribe to my podcast, AWOD Radio, which is the three-hour show that I do in good old RVA, Richmond, Virginia, from 12 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. So every single day we post each hour of the show, plus a full best of hour that you can catch on your drive home from work. It's posted by 4 p.m. every single day. You could also listen to us on the free Odyssey app. Download it today for free. You can always rewind with the Odyssey app. And we've got Denton Day coming up next. But right now, joining me on the BetQL guest hotline is Soren Petro. What's going on, Soren? Uh, just enjoying, uh, you know, a little shut up and dance with me, right? Like, nice music for the uh, return. I'm a fan of uh, of that song. I appreciate it. Caitlin does an awesome job producing the show. Soren, of course, is with us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Do not place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Soren, what's the latest with Mahomes' injury? I know if I was in Kansas City, I'd be watching his every move if I was reporting on this. Like, the way he walks to the podium, the facial expressions he makes, is he wincing? How much do you think he'll be affected by the injury tomorrow? Uh, Significantly. I mean, uh, his head's going to be fine. His arm's going to be fine. Uh, Everybody is doing exactly what you said. In fact, I sit next to Todd Lebo, who uh, covers the Chiefs for us at our place uh, when when we do the media sessions. And, you know, there he is sitting there with his phone, just waiting for the door to open and Patrick Mahomes to walk in so he can record every step. And then the two steps he has going up to the uh, platform. In fact, uh, on Thursday, people were talking about what a great sign it was that he skipped one of the steps in uh, in going up to the platform. Look at that. He, he actually stepped over one. I mean, there were a lot of things. They did everything they could to show him in the brightest light uh, possible, and, and he did everything he could to make sure he was walking with as little, you know, uh, hitch in his gait as possible. When they allow the media to, to film practice, the only part they can film is when he's stretching. All of that is going in a straight line. Uh, you know, people are asking, what percentage is he? And it's difficult to put – uh, your finger on because you know top half of the body he's 100 percent but uh the, those feet that ankle he's going to be like 30 35 percent is my opinion I, I don't think you know this is an injury that he wouldn't be playing with if it wasn't the afc championship game i think he's gonna have very little lateral movement and i think andy Reid's gonna have to bake that into the game plan which he will but but it means that you know everything on that play sheet of andy Reid's is not going to be available on sunday 
Here with Soren Petro on the BetQL guest hotline, host of the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. So the last time, last three times these teams have met, the Bengals have defeated the Chiefs by three points. Such a narrow margin of victory. I feel like all of those games could have gone the other way. What's it going to take for this matchup to go in the Chiefs' favor? You know, uh, play three quarters. Uh, that, that would be one start because they've led after three quarters in all three of the games. And I think that's one of the things that is empowering this team. They're not 0-3 against the Bengals by, beaten, uh, by being beaten 40-10 to and 37-13. I mean, every one of these games have been close. Every one of them they have led going into the fourth quarter. And every one of them you can point to some obvious mistakes that they made that were a problem. Now, listen, that's not to say that the Bengals played mistake-free football and they were lucky. That's not the case. Tyler Boyd dropped a, an easy touchdown in the last game. They could have won by more. Uh, Travis Kelsey, though, had the ball stripped after a big game when the Chiefs were leading, and they were going to have the ball with about five minutes to go out at midfield uh, headed towards another score. You know, there's there's plenty for the Chiefs to point at and say, you know, we, we can win this game. We should have won these games, and all we have to do is eliminate the mistakes, and we will win this game. And I, and I think they're a confident bunch. Uh, I think Andy Reid, you know, has been kind of loose this week, which I've taken as a good sign uh, over the years that, that he's not uptight. He's not getting irritated with any of the questions, and he was kind of joking around with me after one of the media sessions, which is, you know, I think a, a good barometer that he's at least projecting that they're they're ready to go and, and he's lighthearted. So, listen, I think this game will be just like the other three, and it's going to come down to who makes the plays at the end. The first three times, Zach Taylor and the Bengals got the better of Andy Reid and the Chiefs. It's going to be up to the, to the Chiefs to execute, not make mistakes, and get things done in the last five minutes of the game. Soren, I always say on my show, and this is a bit of an hyperbole here, but a sack is almost as good as a turnover because most of the time it leads to a third and forever and it forces a punt, a change of possession. That's going to be key today, pressure and getting in the face of the quarterback. Does Kansas City have a strong enough defensive line to take advantage of Cincy's O-line missing three key starters? I know of Chris Jones, but who else can get after Burrow? And will they get sacks? Because last week he only took one sack for two yards. Yeah, and that's and that's what I think the snow was a was a great uh, benefit to the to the offensive line of the Bengals. Uh, Tim Grunhard, who was a Pro Bowl offensive uh, Pro Bowl center for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, comes on with me each week, and we we talked about it. He called snow an offensive lineman's best friend, and so I think <laughs> when you analyze the the Bengals, you know, backup offensive lineman being able to protect Joe Burrow last week, I think it's a little bit of a fool's errand because uh, there's not supposed to be any uh, precipitation in Kansas City. It is going to be very cold, uh, which will make for a hard ground, which isn't, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it's going to be a perfect track for the defensive lineman, but it's going to be much better than what you saw in Buffalo. And so I think that mitigated some of the advantage the Bills have. They won't have that opportunity in this game. Listen, it's no secret, Chris Jones has never had a playoff sack. For all the success he's had in the regular season, he's never once had a sack in the playoffs. And twice in that AFC Championship game last year, he had uh, Burrow in his hands and slid off him, and Burrow went on to complete passes for first downs, and so they were big plays. In fact, Chris Jones talked about it at OTA in minicamp. He still wasn't over it going into the season. They talked about it going into that last Bengals game. And so I think Chris Jones has to have a day, but there are more guys now that can help him. They finished second in the NFL in sacks for a reason. Uh, George Karloftis, the rookie, uh, first-round pick, came on at the end of the year. He had five-and-a-half sacks in the last seven games. Frank Clark has been healthier than he's been probably his entire time in Kansas City, and, and he's looked better this year. Uh, Carlos Dunlop's been a nice addition and part of the rotation to get pressure with a, a veteran pres- a presence off the defensive end. And 
moving inside when Steve Spagnuolo likes to go to his NASCAR package. Uh, Colin Saunders has, has been a bit of a find in his third year. Uh, he's been able to be healthy, and he's done a better job of helping Jones out to pressure from the inside. I think that's going to be one of the keys. Listen, Steve Spagnuolo likes to blitz. He's not afraid to blitz, but that hasn't worked for three games, right? Like they, they, They've had their successes against his blitz, and so I think it will be incumbent. If the Chiefs' defensive line isn't putting uh, Joe Burrow on his back, then I think it's going to be a long day for the Chiefs. If they are, I think the Chiefs will, will get it done today. Soren Petro is the host of the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Follow him on social media at Soren Petro. Uh, real quick, because we're up against the break here. Bengals have shown they have road success from last year's playoff run to last week when they went into most people's you know Super Bowl favorite Buffalo and beat them down. What's going to be different about Arrowhead tomorrow? Why will this home field advantage be any better? Uh, it won't. Uh, it, it'll be the same as it's been uh, the other games that the Bengals have played here. Uh, AFC Championship game last year in the regular season, that game was played at Arrowhead. That's why the Bengals uh, players have taken to calling it Burrowhead. And Frank Clark said it <laughs> yesterday at the podium. You win, you name it. And that's why they're confident. Soren, I appreciate you taking the time to join the show today, man. Thanks so much, and good luck to your squad tomorrow. Always my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yep. Also was going to ask him about a veteran coach like Andy Reid. Like, how does he get an edge over a younger coach like Zach Taylor? I appreciate everybody listening to the show today. All right, here is my official prediction. We'll stick in the AFC like we were just talking with Soren Petro there who covers the Kansas City Chiefs. And although this is a home game for the Chiefs and they're still pissed, like he said, Chris Jones is upset about the loss last season in the conference championship game. And although, like I said, I think a veteran coach like Andy Reid will be able to game plan to have an edge over Zach Taylor, but Patrick Mahomes is not 100%. And like he said, he might even be only 30% with his legs. I'm going to give the edge to Joe Burrow, and I think he gets the victory. And I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow was holding an MVP trophy at the end of the year and the Lombardi trophy in the Super Bowl because I think the Bengals could win it all. And then in the NFC, man, I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. But the key is going to be the Eagles' ability to score early. We've seen him all season long. First possession of the game, boom, seven points. Second possession, boom, they're up 14 nothing. They've done that like six or seven times this season. If they do that again, 49ers are not going to be able to claw their way back into it with Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. AWOD's official predictions. Eagles versus Bengals in the Super Bowl. Denton Day coming up next here on DC Sports Radio, 106.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.